O grace to you and peace from our God and Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, once again, my topic for this morning will be forgiveness. Yeah, I have some favorite stories that I, I tell about forgiveness, and you probably have even heard this particular one once or twice before. But certainly in our lesson for today, we see how the great apostle Paul was forgiven by Jesus. And so, yeah, you know, we try to bring that into a, a, a context. How does that a, a affect us? Is there anything as great as that story? Well, the story I have, yeah, not, not as great, but you know, touching at least to me personally. And so we travel back in, in time a, a little ways. Yes, during that, the time when people used to ride the trains back and forth to work. Now, for some of you, that wasn't so long ago. For others of you, you, you say, well, that just sounds kind of weird. But yeah, we still see the little Amtrak train going back and forth from time to time, don't we? And so it's not so far out of reach. And so it's a story of the big city. A story of a, a man, his name was Phil, and Phil had now become financially successful. You see, there was a time as a young man when he got bankrupt. When, in fact, he had lost everything. And at that particular time in his life, he had reached out to a childhood friend, someone that he had grown up with, someone that he had trusted, and he felt that that friend, just by lifting a little finger, could have saved his business. But no, that friend had refused to loan him money during his great time of need, and he had lost everything. And sometimes, as you and I do in similar situations, he has spent much of the rest of his life blaming that friend. And yes, he had clawed his way back, and yes, he had made something of himself, he had become successful once more, but still it nagged at him. My childhood friend could have spared me this pain. He could have spared me these hardships. He could have lifted, as I said, his little finger and made my life so much better. And so what Phil had done, now that he had become successful, is he had began to purchase the loans that his former friend had acquired. And as my story opens today, on this particular day, he had resolved that he would now foreclose on those loans. He would call them due on this particular day. He would put that former 
friend through the same thing that he had gone through. He went to great effort to find these loans, to acquire them from the various banks, and now the day of judgment would commence. And so we see a finely dressed man boarding the train for the ride into the big city where his office was, planning in his heart that that day he would stop by the business of his former friend. And he would lay the notes upon the table and he would call them due and he would say, you must pay me now. And so there he is. Well, one stop down, one of his good friends came on the train and he said, you know, here's my little granddaughter. And she's traveling to, you know, about two stops down from here. And I was wondering, you know, since I see you, would you mind her for the next two stops and then safely deliver her to the person that will pick her up? Well, you know, as I, I began, I kind of made Phil seem, you know, like a kind of monster, didn't I? You know, he has that vengeance in his heart. But no, really, Phil was just kind of like you and I. He just was trying to get through life. And, you know, he would try to do good things for others from time to time. And certainly his friend with the little girl, certainly, sure, I can do that. And so the little girl sat down next to him and the train continued on toward the, the destination. And of course, as the little girls sometimes do, she began to, to chat with this older gentleman. And it was kind of interesting because the first thing she said was, I go to Sunday school. And well, again, this was back in the day, and Phil himself, he, he actually attended church as well. But, you know, to hear those words coming from the, the little girl, I go to Sunday school. And so, of course, he had to respond, well, what did you learn last week? And the, the little girl replied, well, I, I, I learned we're supposed to love our enemies. And Phil had to think about that for a little while. He's like, a menem? What? A menem? Oh! Uh, an enemy. We're supposed to love our enemies. And the little girl said, yeah, that's what I said. And then she went on to, to say, yeah, you know what? There, there's this little boy in, in my school and, and he pulls my hair. And, and one time he, he dipped my ponytail in, in the inkwell. And, and, and he calls my ba lammy just a plain old lammy. And for her, the little girl, this was the, the most terrible offense of all. That her ba lammy would be just a plain old lammy. But then she went on to say, because I learned to love my enemies. Well, little Johnny's 
bicycle was broken and he couldn't be in the race on Saturday, I told him he could ride my bicycle in the race. Because that's what we're supposed to do. Even though he calls me names, and even though he says my lamby is just a plain old lamby, and even though he pulls on my ponytail, to love my enemy. That's what Jesus wants. Well, of course, I got just a, a couple stops down and the little girl got off the train safely and on her way, but now Phil has something really nagging at his heart. And Phil, he began to remember the times when he was growing up with his best friend and how they used to take the little rowboat out on the lake fishing on Saturdays. And he remembered how one time in particular they found some uh, pretty flowers out there and they gathered them all together and put them in the boat and took them home to his mom. And now his mom was so grateful for all of those flowers that they had brought and she cooked up all of their fish and they had this big fish fry and they had this wonderful time together. And Phil began to remember all those other childhood memories and all the wonderful times they had had growing up. And it was pulling at his heart. Well, Phil arrived at, at his destination. And of course he made his trip to his former friends office building. He strode in. He laid the notes upon the table, the notes that he now possessed, the notes that must be repaid. Of course, his former friend was, was stammering and he was staggered and he really didn't know exactly what to do. You know, he didn't have the money on hand. Phil, if you could just give me a, a few months, I'm sure I can gather it together. And Phil said these words. For many, many years I blamed you for the failure of my business. But it wasn't your fault I went into debt. It really was mine. And I want to tell you that I forgive you. Forgiveness is such a powerful thing, isn't it? <laughs> To be able to set that other person free. And maybe in our everyday circumstances we're, we're kind of like Phil was in a sense. Because we can't really acknowledge our own part in it. 
It's easy just to point the finger and say, if that other person had just helped me a tiny little bit, things would have been so much different. If my friend had just lifted his little pinky and helped, it would have spared me so much pain. And now I'm going to blame them. And now I'm going to cast all of my burdens upon them. And now I'm going to paint them as the bad guy. And now I'm going to make them pay for what they did. And then a little girl enters our life. And maybe she has her hands on her hips and she said, I go to Sunday school. And I learn to forgive my enemies. Even when they say my ba lammy isn't a ba lammy after all, but just a plain old lammy. And it touches us, doesn't it? It makes us perhaps reconsider. It brings us back to the past during the good and bright days of our lives. It prompts us to have that same kind of faith that that little girl had. And to be able to say, I can do it simply because God asked it of me. And then we do and we find the great blessings of God opening up to us all over again. Don't we? To be able to give that godly gift of forgiveness. And that's exactly what we saw in our text for today. If you remember the Apostle Paul at some points in the scripture, he actually brags about himself. And we might find that kind of, kind of interesting because, you know, most of us were brought up that we're not supposed to really brag about ourselves. But Paul, he's able to say, you know, look at me concerning the Jewish religion. Right? I was consecrated on the right day. I was born in the right family. I attended the right schools. I did everything to the best of my ability. That is why, as a young man, I was selected to drive out the Christians. I did things so right for so long that even though I was young, they entrusted me with his great responsibility. In other words, he's able to say, you know, I, I, I am the guy of my generation. I am the one. But then he can go on and say, guess what? I got it all wrong. I thought that the, the Jewish faith was the right faith and it turned out the Christian faith is the right faith. I thought persecuting people for worshiping Jesus was the right way to go and I found out that that was completely the wrong way to go. 
And I myself saw the Lord. And that experience blinded me. The Lord humbled me. The Lord came and, and he said, you know, why do you kick against the, well, maybe modern, modern way of looking at the barbed wire? You know, sure, they didn't have barbed wire back in that time. You know, they had sticks and stakes that they would put in the ground and try to keep the, the animals uh, penned in. But, you know, you might think of that in, in those terms. You know, Paul, why do you keep kicking into the barbed wire? You know, what, you know, what would that do to your shin, you know? If you're, like, kicking that barbed wire fence, right? You know, you're getting poked and you're getting cut up and you're, you're, you're bleeding and you still keep doing it anyway. You know, that's what Jesus is saying to Paul. Paul, Why? Why do you keep doing that? And so Paul is blinded. And, and, and there is Paul, and he, he's sitting, you know, in this little apartment. And his life seems really to be over, doesn't it? Because everything he has built up, everything he is focusing upon, everything he is moving toward, he's found is wrong. He's going the wrong way. And now he's lost his sight. And so there he sits completely demoralized, understanding that he's failed at life, essentially. Who can save him? How can he possibly be forgiven? Now, Paul, he was actually the, the young man that held people's coats when they were throwing rocks at Stephen until they killed him. You know, I need a little bit better arm action to throw that stone a little bit harder here. Paul, hold my coat. It's a little constricting. And Paul was standing there holding people's coat, watching Stephen be martyred. How can he be forgiven? How can God possibly use him? He even thought he was doing the right thing at that time. And yet, Jesus did. Our Lord and Savior, he goes to one of the local prophets and he says to Ananias, Ananias, I want you to go to this place on Straight Street, this little apartment. There's a man there who is blind and I want you to lay your hands on him and restore his sight. And Ananias knew who that guy was. You know, maybe we get a little bit of a, a chuckle out of it, but, you know, we can imagine that there's Ananias, and, you know, he, he's kind of a prophet, and the Lord gives his commands, and, and he, he kind of says, you know, excuse me. Uh, 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 Lord, maybe you, you don't know that guy. You know, but let me inform you, Lord, 
Right? That, that's the guy that persecutes Christians. That, that's the guy that has a license to go around hunting them. You know, if, if you send me there, I'm probably going to die. Um, I just want to remind you. But no, Ananias, he, he's uh, obedient. He goes to well, Saul at the time. His name becomes Paul kind of a symbol of his transformation. He goes and he lays his hands on the eyes of this monster, in a sense. It restores his sight. And Paul rises up from that experience forgiven. All of his sins swept away. Not having to wake up every single morning contemplating the evil that he's done in the past. Not having to live under the weight of the guilt of the things from long ago. But rather able to embrace that wonderful Forgiveness. My loans are not being called in. It's going to be okay. My debt is not required on this day. In fact, the other fellow is going to help me and extend my loan and give me encouragement and find a way to make things work. My soul is not condemned to death, but rather now it can rise up again. That hope, that encouragement, the model given by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, yes, even to you and to me, Sometimes you do forget, don't we? And sometimes all it takes is one little girl her hands on her hips to say, I went to Sunday school. I learned to love my enemies. Even when they call my Ba Lammy just a plain old Lammy. And so we forgive. Because God has forgiven us so much more. Amen. And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.